Welcome back. We have the Week 17 NFL recap. We'll go through all the games. We'll talk about the playoff picture, which teams have clinched, which teams are done for the season, and all the uh, playoff scenarios that are remaining. So I hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like. Always helps out. And let's get into it. So let's start with like the playoff stuff. We'll talk about the uh, teams that have been eliminated first. So the Washington Commanders, who... At one point, seemed to be in a good spot. They were in third place in the NFC East, but of course, they lost that big Sunday night game versus the Giants a few weeks ago. They've dropped pretty much every game since. They're 7-8-1. Their season's over. There was that moment with Ron Rivera, their head coach, where he was at the podium and had no idea that they could have been eliminated this week, so... That was kind of funny, but I don't really know if I should overreact to that or not, and I'm not even sure if Ron Rivera is going to be there next year, so maybe it's just like a, a moot point. But the Jets also get eliminated. The Jets, I would say, for the most part, had a successful season. They, at one point, had a pretty good shot of making the playoffs. They were like maybe 6-3 and three or something at one point. So the Jets, of course, have their uh, quarterback issues. We know their defense is legit. We know they have a ton of playmakers offensively. The loss of Brees Hall definitely could have been the difference between a wild card appearance and not making it at all. But um, the Jets, I mean, we'll see what happens. The whole Zach Wilson thing, I'll make a video about that at some point in the offseason here, but definitely a fascinating thing. And Mike White did not look good in Seattle. The Saints, I mean, they didn't deserve it anyway. They're 7-9 and nine now. They did beat Philadelphia, but I believe they needed the Panthers to beat the Bucks, and that did not happen. So now the Saints are gone at 7-9. and nine. And I believe that's it for the new teams that have been eliminated. So for the teams that have clinched a playoff spot, we have my New York Giants. First time since 2016. So congrats to the Giants fans out there. They finally get it done. So the Giants seem to be locked into the sixth seed. Now that last wildcard spot and the NFC is going to be interesting. You have Seattle right now, who is the seventh seed. They got a win over the Jets. You have the Lions, who beat the Bears, but they're in eighth right now. And then the Packers keep their season alive as well by beating the Vikings in very convincing fashion. So according to CBS, this is how the NFC last wildcard spot's going to work out. So if the Packers, these all these teams are eight and eight, by the way, the Lions, Packers, Seahawks are all A and eight, same record, but it comes down to tiebreakers. So if the Packers win versus the Lions, they are in the playoffs. That's all they have to do. For the Lions to make the playoffs, they have to win versus the Packers and a Seahawks loss or tie versus the Rams. And for the Seahawks to make it, they have to win versus the Rams and have the Packers lose. So based on what I'm looking at now, it does seem more likely that the Packers will make the playoffs. They just have to win a game versus the Detroit Lions. And this time, the Packers will be the home team. The Packers actually lost at Detroit earlier this year. So I'll admit, I did count the Packers out. When they lost that Thursday night game to the Titans in like week, I don't know, 10 or something like that, they were looking pretty rough. They were like 4-7. and seven. So I'm like, yeah, this team is pretty much done. But they have really... Uh, They've ran the table, as Aaron Rodgers once said, and I think they've won like four or five games in a row. So they have been on a tear, and they might get that last playoff spot, and they might ironically play the Vikings or even the 49ers. We'll see what the matchups uh, come out to be after this next week. But yeah, the, the Packers have a good chance if they can beat the Lions. And of course, the Lions can still make it if they win that game versus the Packers head-to-head -head, and Seattle loses versus the Rams. For the AFC, I mean, things got a bit interesting as well. So you're going to have the, the Chargers are in. We you know the Ravens are in they have the same record so that seating can still change if the Chargers happen to win and the Ravens lose or vice versa but for the final playoff spot the seventh seed and the wild card for the AFC plus the AFC South will come down to a head-to-head -head matchup between the Titans and the Jaguars which is going to be very fun next week uh, hopefully it is I don't know because you know Malik Willis is actually no he's gone Joshua Dobbs
Phillips is the quarterback now for the Titans. It might not be as fun as we thought it would be at one point, but still going to be a game for the division on the line. So right now in the wild card, the Patriots do have the seven seeds. So they right now are in the playoffs. They just beat Miami. Huge win for them. Miami is in the eight seed. So they, of course, need some things to happen. We'll go over those scenarios in a second. The Steelers have kept their season alive. They are still out here winning games. They've gotten their record up to eight and eight. The Titans, they are also kind of on the bubble. There is a scenario where the Jaguars and Titans can both make the playoffs. It seems pretty unlikely, but that scenario is still out there. But yeah, for the AFC South, the winner goes and the loser could still make it, but chances are they'll probably miss. So that's going to be a big game for playoff implications. So for the seventh and final wild card spot in the AFC, the Patriots would clinch with a win at the Bills, which is going to be tough, or the Patriots can still get in even if they lose. But in that case, you would have to have like three other teams lose. You would have to have the Jets beat the Dolphins and the Steelers lose to the Browns and the Jaguars to win versus the Titans. So if the Patriots do lose their head-to-head matchup, although they control their own destiny, um, it's going to be tough because, of course, playing Buffalo is not going to be an easy matchup. So they technically you know, do control their own destiny once again, but it's going to be a tough matchup for the Patriots to win that one. The Dolphins, they are simply in if they beat the Jets, which of course could happen. The Jets are now done for the year. They're eliminated from the playoffs. And of course, the Patriots would have to lose to the Bills. So that seems very possible still. The Steelers, they would have to have a win versus the Browns by themselves, a Dolphins loss versus the Jets, and a Patriots loss at the Bills, which you know, relying on the Jets, it's going to be tough, of course, but the Steelers are technically still alive. And it does seem like Mike Tomlin will keep his over 500 streak alive, which I just don't get it at this point, how it still happens. Uh, the Jaguars would clinch a spot in the wild card with a loss versus the Titans. Of course, they'd have to lose their own game because if they win their own game, then they're in. But they would also need losses by the Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers. So you're asking for a lot there. As I said, it's a it's possible that the Titans and the Jaguars make the playoffs both, but very unlikely. So that's pretty much it. Now going higher to like the number one seeds and things like that, the NFC one seed is still up for grabs technically with the Eagles dropping their last two games. But if the Eagles just beat the Giants and the Giants don't have anything to play for, but Brian Dable did say the Giants will play their starters. I don't know for how long, but we'll see. But the Eagles do clinch the one seed if they either win that game or tie versus the Giants, a Cowboys loss or a 49ers loss. Now the 49ers can clinch the one seed if they win versus the Cardinals, which I would assume would happen, and the Eagles lose versus the Giants. Now, for the Chiefs to clinch the AFC one seed, they would need a win next week or just one Bills loss. The Bills do play tonight, so if the Bills either lose tonight or lose next week and the Bills are and the Chiefs win next week, they'll be the one seed. The Bills can get the one seed if they have two wins to close out the year, so tonight and next week, but they would still need a Chiefs loss. So, of course, if Minnesota, or not Minnesota, if the Kansas City Chiefs go 1-1 one and one and the Bills go 2-0 and oh the rest of the year, depending on what happens versus Cincinnati tonight, they will be the one seed Buffalo. For Cincinnati to clinch the one seed, they would need to win tonight, win next week, and have one Chiefs loss. So as long as the Chiefs win out, they will be the one seed, which of course is very big because nowadays, the way the playoffs are formatted, there's only one bye. There used to be two buys in each conference. Now there's only one. So that's definitely big to get that. These teams want that. But that's pretty much it. It's going to be exciting. Of course, that AFC South title game is going to be interesting. I don't really think the Jaguars or Titans, especially the Titans, if they're not like serious Super Bowl contenders but the Jaguars have been a fun story 
the Titans have been a pretty sad collapse here for the past month and a half. But with that said, we'll go into this past week and what happened in these games. So I'll run through them pretty quickly this time. The Cowboys, they won on Thursday versus the Tennessee Titans. I mean, Joshua Dobbs didn't look too, too bad. He came in for Malik Willis, and you could tell Willis was not ready. They got Joshua Dobbs off the practice squad, I believe, so he just came in and was like, all right, I guess I'll play quarterback for you guys. And, um, you know, he kept the game somewhat close at some points, but then the Cowboys pulled away at the end. I believe Dalton Schultz had two touchdowns, and, you know, Dak Prescott didn't look that great, but that's Dallas's problem. Two interceptions, I mean, he had some nice throws, but just once again, two turnovers. You can't have that, obviously. And the Cowboys were without Tony Pollard in that game. So, of course, that's going to hurt. And of course, we talked about Tennessee and they have to win this upcoming week to get into the playoffs. The Falcons, they beat the Cardinals on a game winning field goal. Not much to talk about there. Um, you know, both those teams are out. So, David Blau almost got the win. He covered, he did cover. He covered the six and a half. So, we'll give David Blau that. But, rough year for Arizona. They're, they're now four and 12. The Falcons improved to six and 10. The Lions dominate the Bears, but still, if you're a Lions fan, you're looking at last week's game versus the, the Panthers and saying, we really should have won that game because that's the one that got away. If they had won that game, they would be in the driver's seat right now to make it in the playoffs. I think they would just have to beat the Packers and they would have been in for sure. But losing that game against the Panthers in Carolina last week, that was a rough one. For the Bears, I mean... I don't know. They're they're not good. Justin Fields actually had like 100 rushing yards in the first quarter, and then I guess he may have got hurt after that and did nothing after. So I think one of my friends who had him in a fantasy championship said he had 15 fantasy points in the first quarter and finished a game with 16 fantasy points. So that's pretty underwhelming there. Jaguars, they beat up on the Texans, a defensive touchdown pretty early in that game. And it was just easy. That game was over within the first, like, I don't know, first quarter. It felt like it. It did end pretty soon. Travis Etienne ripped off a 62-yard touchdown. Then Josh Allen had a sack. And Davis Mills fumbled. Tyson Campbell returned it in for a touchdown. So... Rough-looking game there for Houston, who had been competitive lately in these games. The Broncos only lose by three to the Chiefs, and for some reason, Russell Wilson has actually been kind of good versus the Chiefs this year. I don't know why, but that seems to be the one matchup that Russ actually looks pretty competent in. Russ had a decent stat line, 222 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, was sacked four times, but... Definitely not as bad as he has been in some other cases. Of course, Jarek McKinnon scored two more touchdowns. That's what he does. I benched him like an idiot. I did bench him for Jamal Williams, so I technically made the right move, but like just, I don't know. I shouldn't have done it. Um, but yeah, he only had two carries for four yards, but he found the end zone twice on receptions and the Broncos offense. I mean, they put up points, but no one on the offense had like a massive game. Albert O, Albert Ogwebinam, Ogwebin, I don't even know how to pronounce it, so maybe a Broncos fan knows. But Albert O scored a touchdown. So that was nice to see, but um, not a huge game from Kelsey either. But the Chiefs, I mean, they're kind of just coasting versus these bad teams. They're still getting wins, so they once again have to win next week and they clinch the one seed. I want to see who they play real quick for you guys. They play the Raiders at the Raiders. Hey, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham's pretty damn good. Ask the Niners defense. Not, I don't know. I, I started the Niners defense in fantasy too, and they they kind of screwed me. They got negative points in my league. I was like, come on, it's Jared Stidham. How are you going to get negative points? But uh, Dolphins, Patriots, definitely a fun game back and forth. And this game was massive for playoff implications. You had Teddy Bridgewater in the game, and it seemed like at one point... 
that the Patriots had it wrapped up because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt and Skylar Thompson came in. He found Mike Gusecki on a very nice play where Thompson extended the play and found Gusecki in the corner of the end zone. So they made the game close, but unfortunately Miami did come up short. So the Patriots once again just have to win against the Bills next week and they're in the playoffs. The Dolphins have to hope for a win by themselves versus the Jets and a Patriots loss versus the Bills in order to make the playoffs. The Giants, as I said, they clinch a playoff spot. They're up to 9-6-1 and one this year. The Colts lose 38-10. to 10. And I can say as a Giants fan who watches every game, they do not blow out teams like this very often. The, the Giants have not scored over 30 points as a team in maybe like two years. It's been a very long time. So the Giants get over 30, almost 40. Landon Collins, the former Giant, now Giant again. And actually Collins was on the Giants team that went to the playoffs last time in 2016. He had a pick six, so that was cool to see. Daniel Jones may have had his best game in the pros. I know it was against the Colts, but still, the guy played a tremendous game. And if you started Daniel Jones in fantasy, he gave you a hell of a performance. Saints-Eagles, the Eagles only put up 10 offensive points. The crowd in Philly was not liking what they saw. Gardner Minshew, one interception, had 274 passing yards. The ground game for Philly wasn't that bad, I guess, but they didn't run the ball a lot. They did not commit to the run. Miles Sanders had 5.1 a carry, but only 12 carries. The Saints, Rashid Shahid, he just comes out of nowhere. 79 yards, six receptions. A.J. Brown did have a big touchdown in this game, and there was one point where I believe Philly got screwed. There was a play where Kenneth Gainwell had a, a touchdown from like 30 yards out, and it was a no-doubter, like just a great play, and he basically went untouched. And then a late flag came in, and you saw the replay. And it was the the rookie, not the rookie, I think a second-year center. Not center, that's Jason Kelsey. But Landon Dickerson, I believe it was, for Philly, just pancaked a guy. And for some reason, they called offensive holding. It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Now, as a Giants fan, I don't mind when Philly gets hosed like that. It's kind of funny. But um, just a terrible call that got seven points wiped off the board there for the Eagles. But the Saints get a win. So, you know, I guess hats off to the Saints. It's a tough place to play. They win this one by 10. But... That win did not matter because they are eliminated from the playoffs. Panthers at Buccaneers. It seemed like for a bit that Tom Brady was going to go down to Sam Darnold and possibly miss the playoffs. But then he said, no, I'm Tom Brady and you're Sam Darnold and I am going to make the playoffs. And that's pretty much how it went. I mean, Sam Darnold found Shai Smith for a 19-yard touchdown. They went up 11 in the early fourth quarter. So Tom Brady down 11 in the fourth quarter. The Bucks have no offensive firepower, it seems like. And you're thinking, hey, down 11 to this Bucks team, I mean, like, that's, you know, it's a pretty decent league because the Bucks don't put up a lot of points these days. But, you know, Tom Brady went just prime Tom Brady mode. He found Mike Evans on two long touchdowns, one for 57, one for 30 yards. And Mike Evans, by the way, screwed me in fantasy football. Like, I, I just got eliminated in the league. I have Mike Evans. And he was putting up like six, seven, eight points every week and then put up like 47 this week. So thanks a lot, Mike Evans. Um, Brady had the uh, quarterback sneak rushing touchdown to go up 31 to 21. The Panthers did cut it to three. It was actually a great coaching decision by Steve Wilkes. And it was a situation where they were down by nine points and they were like around the Buccaneers 30 yard line. They had all their timeouts left and it didn't make sense to just waste more time. So they tried to kicked the field goal, they cut it to a six-point game, and I think they made the right call. They got the Buccaneers to go three and out. They did get the ball back. Then they tried the, the hook and ladder, lateral play. It did not work out in the end, but the Panthers did have a shot technically. They just had terrible field position. I do believe this actually was one of the best plays I've ever seen by a punter. I, I, don't, I forget the 
Buccaneers punter's name, but one of the most athletic plays you'll ever see by a punter. I mean, I don't. I wish I knew the guy's name. I could look it up real quick. But if you have not seen this play by the Buccaneers punter, like look it up. It was awesome. I don't think the play counted because I forget. I think something happened. There was some type of flag that had to re-kick it. But like the fact that this guy got this kick off and or got the punt off and they downed it at like the two yard line it was one of the best punts it's jake camarda camarda i guess that's how you say it but yeah he had one of the best punts you'll ever see it was like you know punters are very athletic people too so that, that was awesome to see but the uh the buccaneers clinched they'll be in the playoffs i do believe the buccaneers already said they're playing their starters next week so they will not be resting and yeah it's sad that the buccaneers are eight and eight and they just clinched a playoff spot but someone had to win that crappy division i've been saying that um speaking of crappy and, and shitting the bed the commanders they lose 24 to 10 Carson Wentz I mean my god at one point in this game Carson Wentz was two for six with two interceptions um Wentz came in for Taylor Heineke of course Wentz went 16 of 28 143 yards no touchdowns three interceptions and three sacks Deshaun Watson not much better he had a weird game Deshaun Watson nine for 18 169 yards but three touchdowns no interceptions but sacked five times so a very weird game here for Deshaun Watson Brian Robinson had a pretty decent game on the ground Amari Cooper had over 100 yards but Washington goes out sad and their head coach Ron Rivera had no idea that they could have been eliminated from the playoffs once again but it happened the 49ers at the Raiders I mean just a really fun game Jarrett Stidham came in and completed 23 of 34 300 165 yards but had two interceptions but had three touchdowns so that's actually a pretty damn good performance for Jarrett Stidham versus what is probably the best defense in football McCaffrey had a great game 19 for 121 on the ground Josh Jacobs had 69 rushing yards and I do believe they said on the broadcast that six I think it was 64 at the, t- at the time 64 rushing yards was the most that the 49ers gave up to a running back the entire year so I don't even know how a defense does that but the 49ers defense is pretty insane until Jared Stidham plays them, of course. But yeah, up until then, they looked tremendous. Now, the 49ers are still very dangerous in the playoffs, but I don't know, seeing that performance, it just didn't sit right with me. I'm like, how do you let Jared Stidham put up that many points against you? Brandon Ayuk, nine catches, 101 yards, one touchdown, big game for him. George Kittle had a touchdown. Devontae Adams had a catch in this game where, I don't know if it was a catch or not, but it was on the final drive where the um, Raiders had to go down and score to get it to overtime, and Devontae Adams made this insane catch. He mossed a guy, he kind of dove for it, and I thought the ball may have hit the ground when they showed the replay, but the call stood, the catch stood, and yeah, it's one of those plays as well that if you did not see the Devontae Adams catch before overtime, like go watch it. Game, of course, went to OT, and then Jarrett Stidham had his second and last interception to, to Sean Gibson, the safety. He intercepted it for 56 yards. They got pretty much down inside like the 10-yard line. They had like one rushing play. I think Brock Purdy like centered the ball. And then they had a Robbie Gold game-winning field goal to win this game by three. So the Niners, they win the game, but they barely get by Jarrett Stidham and the Las Vegas Raiders as they drop to 6-10. and 10. As I mentioned, the Niners can still get the one seed, but they have to have a win and the Eagles lose next week. The Jets at Seattle. The Jets did not even show up for this game. It felt like Mike White was god-awful. The offense for the um, Seahawks looked very good. Colby Parkinson had a touchdown. You had Tyler Marbury. 
I don't even know who these people are. Mabry had a touchdown. I know, I know Parkinson, but I never heard of Tyler Mabry in my life. But um, yeah, the Jets defense, they did not look great. Um, Jason Myers, revenge game, had a couple field goals. I think he missed one too. But um, it was good to see that for the Seahawks. They have been losing a lot of games lately. And for the Jets, Mike White, no touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked four times, 240 yards. Not a great game. Geno, two touchdowns, no picks. So I would say a pretty good Geno Smith game. Kenneth Walker killed it on the ground for Seattle. 23 carries, 113 yards. Garrett Wilson on 11 targets, only three catches for 18 yards. So wow. I mean, if you had Garrett Wilson in fantasy in your, in your championship matchup and I said, hey, Garrett Wilson's getting 11 targets. You'd probably love that, but only three catches for 18 yards. Not very good. And funny enough, DJ Dallas was the leading receiver for the Seahawks, which is pretty crazy. DK Metcalf only had one catch for three yards. I don't know if Sauce Gardner had him the entire game, but if he did, that's amazing because holding Metcalf to one catch for three yards probably not easy to do. Vikings at Packers. Of course, the Vikings, they could have won this game and knocked the Packers out of playoff contention, but they do not do that, and they actually lost the two seeds. And on the Vikings, they fall back to the three seed, which as a Giants fan, I love because I'd much rather play the Vikings than play the 49ers. So, Kirk Cousins, a pretty awful game. One touchdown, three interceptions, 205 yards. Aaron Rodgers, not, you know, not a huge game, but 159 passing yards, one touchdown, no turnovers. Aaron Jones had 111 rushing yards, almost eight per carry on the ground, so he was great. KJ Osborne had a garbage time touchdown. Darnell Savage had a pick six, and I do believe that the guy Nixon on the, uh, what's, I forget his first name, but something Nixon on the Packers, who's been a really good kick returner, he had a kickoff return in this game. So they had a pick six and a kick return the Packers before even scoring an offensive touchdown. So the Packers got a lot of help from their defense and special teams early on. And even Mason Crosby, right before halftime, made a 56-yard field goal, hit off the bottom of the uh, the post, and it went in. So that was great to see from Mason Crosby in his old age, still making these long field goals. But a huge win there, 41-17 for the Packers. The Chargers, they dominate. The Rams, Austin Eckler, he dominated me in a fantasy championship matchup, and I just, you know makes me feel sad. But anyway, um, Austin Eckler, 10 carries, only 10 carries, but 122 yards, 12.2 a carry, two touchdowns. So he was awesome. Cam Akers continues to play very good football down the stretch here as the Rams running back, 19 carries, 123 yards. Baker Mayfield did miss Cam Akers on what would have been a walk-in touchdown, so it wasn't the easiest throw, but just one that if he made it, I'm pretty sure that's a walk-in touchdown. Justin Herbert, I mean, 212 yards, 21 of 28, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a good game from him. But yeah, pretty much from the second quarter on, the uh, Chargers were in control in that game. And then last night, things got pretty interesting in this game. The Ravens, they went up in this game 10-3, to and of course, in a game like this where the over-under is low, and these offenses are struggling for the most part. It's it's Tyler Huntley versus uh, Kenny Pickett. It's like you're not expecting many points. So at one point, the Steelers were down 7. Actually, they were down 10. I'm sorry. So a 10-point lead for the Ravens with about you know, nine minutes to go in the third quarter. So it was, you know, still a game, a lot of game left, but Boswell made a 51 yarder, then made a 33 yarder, made it a four point game. And then Kenny Pickett had a game winning drive where he found Najee Harris for a 10 yard touchdown. There was a catch on this drive by George Pickens. That was insane. Just one of those catches where he went like completely against his body and made like this really tough catch in traffic. So, you know, great play by him. Even Pat Fryermuth had some tough catches that drive. They hit Steven Sims for a 28 yarder. I thought Steven Sims was still on Washington, so I guess I'm a casual, but um, yeah, of course, the Ravens, they got the ball back. They were kind of getting some momentum. They were on their own 38, and then Tyler 
Huntley threw an interception, but that was tough to see. But yeah, the Steelers, they keep their playoff hopes alive. I went over the scenarios before, but we'll see what happens with that. And tonight, which is another big game for playoff implications for the potential one seed if the Chiefs do happen to lose next week, the Bills at the Bengals. We'll find out what happens there. The uh, the Bills are favorites by two and a half, and the over-under is 49 and a half. Actually, no, it's 50 and a half. Now, um, I need a miracle performance from Josh Allen and Gabe Davis in a fantasy league, so I hope it happens, but I need like probably 35 from Allen and like 25 from Davis, which it's not impossible, but probably like a 2% chance it happens. So pray for me. But anyway, um, that's going to do it for the video for the week 17 recap. We'll do this again next week. And by that point, we'll know everything that's going on. We'll have some coaches fired, I'm sure, and things like that. But I hope you guys enjoyed the video and I'll talk to you guys next time.